0: Thank you, Wendy and Mary. Well, today we are asking the second most important question you could ever ask. What is humankind? What does it mean to be human? As human beings, who are we? How are we to understand ourselves? Now, as we uh, come to this, uh, some of you be, be having a, you know, a minor groan and go, oh, why do we have to think of something so philosophical? Can't we get something concrete like how to be a better mum or what should I do at work? But the reason why we're looking at this question, uh, whatever your answer is to this question, what is humankind, that will determine the way you live your life. That will determine how you see other people. That will determine what you think is right and wrong. It's the second most important question you could ask. And the Bible has a great and rich answer to that question. God wants you to know who you are. And so over the next five Sundays and in small groups, we're going to be looking at God's teaching on humanity, from dust to glory. Uh, now, over the next few weeks, uh, there'll be uh, some big questions raised. We'll be dealing with some uh, significant topics. And uh, you might have questions that you would like to ask of uh, the ministry team. And so there's a link in the newsletter uh, for today. You can text me. We'll set up a different number next week. But, <laughs> but today, if you have a question on the spot, text me and I'll answer it in video form through the week. Well, over the centuries, there have been different answers to the question, what is humankind? See, I'm getting philosophical already. Sorry, just bear with me for the moment. Uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, there was enlightenment humanity, enlightenment humanity, uh, where what it is to be human is to learn and explore and conquer the world. Or a different view of humanity is evolutionary humanity. We're just the next species to randomly evolve. Uh, a few decades ago, the emphasis was on economic humanity. And so in workplaces, we moved from having personnel departments, because we were persons, to human resource departments, because humans are just a resource for economic activity. That's a view of humankind. Uh, nowadays, the story of humankind, you know those things are still bubbling around, but the story's a bit different. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of people from the evening congregation (coughs) invited me along to the Barbie movie after church one Sunday. (laughs) How could I say no? You can ask me how I found it another time. In the movie, in the movie, Barbie meets her maker and has a moment of self-reflection, which is very impressive for a doll. (laughs) But she says this, Barbie in the movie says this, I want to be part of the people that make meaning. I want to be the one imagining, not the idea. And I think Barbie sums up today's view of humanity pretty well. To be human is to write your own story, not have it dictated by others. To be human is to make your own choices not be constrained by the choices of others that they've made in the past. To be truly human is to obey my emotions. Emotional reality is truth. And so to deny what you feel is to deny you. I know. Does, it, does any of that resonate with you? I'd be surprised if it didn't, because that's the story of humanity today. Our theologian, Owen Strawn puts it this way. The perspective here is one of self-determination and self-authenticity. I determine my fate. I am the subject and the object, and I am the judge of my life. The great need of my existence is not to honor someone or even something beyond me. It is effectively to honor myself. I need to be true to me. I am the one who maps meaning onto myself or finds it within me. That's today's answer to this question. The Bible's answer is quite different. What is humankind? Well, the Bible's answer comes from the opposite direction. Not from internal, but from external. And as we go through this series, we're going to need to make a decision. Each of us are going to need to make a decision. Will I follow today's view of humanity to be my story? Or will I enter into the story that the Bible writes for me? There are two very different stories of humanity. And so let's not be surprised. Let's not be surprised if the two stories don't come to the same conclusions. Rather than writing your own story, God says, you will know yourself when you know me. That's what God says. You will know yourself when you know me. Reformer John Calvin puts it this way. Humanity never achieves a clear knowledge of itself unless it has first looked upon God's face and then descends from contemplating Him to scrutinize itself. When we look upon God's face, that's when we understand who we are. Such a different view to humanity today. What a different view it is uh, to rather than look inside yourself, to look outside yourself, onto God's face. And when we look outside of, of ourselves, when we look at God's face, the first thing we see about ourselves through him is that we are created. Humanity is created. That's our first topic for this series. When we see the face of God, we see that God knows us better than we know ourselves. We saw that in the first reading. It says in Psalm 103, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He knows that we are formed. He knows how we're formed and that we're formed. He has formed us. God has created us. And so Bruce Milne says, uh, We are neither self made nor the product of some chance cosmic process. Whatever else is true of us, every man and woman exists only because God made them. We are made, we are created. And because God made us, he remembers that we are dust. He knows what we are like. And so the first thing that uh, we see is that you are dust. You are dust. We are made from the stuff of this earth. We sound very lowly. And in one sense, yes. There's more to say. Uh, but we are made from the stuff of the earth. So we had, um, we had Marshall up here uh, sharing a little bit earlier. Uh, uh, we, his, he shared his brother's uh, name is Dustin, which I think is a very appropriate name for a human. Liam Briney, you've done well, Uh, reflects this reality. You could go for Lando or something like that as well, if you wanted to to push forward. Uh, We see this in Genesis, don't we? Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. We are made from the stuff of creation. And so yes, in one sense we're nothing more than just another carbon-based life form on planet Earth who will one day return to dust. But as you saw from Psalm 103, we are more than dust. We need to remember that we are, but we have a special place in God's heart that he has compassion on us. He wants to relate to us and we can relate to him. And that comes from how we are made. We're not exactly like the dust, but he has formed us in a particular way. In going on in Genesis 2 verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed the man out of dust in the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So we are enlivened. We are animated by the breath of God himself. And so what that means is you are body and soul. You have a physical body made of dust and a soul that that God has given or a spirit that God has given. We have God's breath of life in us. By our soul, we can think and feel and be self-aware and make decisions And so we need to remember that we're both body and soul. We have a tendency to emphasize one or the other as we think of ourselves, as we think of humanity. Uh, The ancients saw the body as just a vessel that encapsulated the soul. The soul was what was important. And so for them, it didn't really matter what they did with their body. What, uh, What the soul decides counts. Maybe today I think we overestimate, we overemphasize the, the soul, our inner, inner being. And so we can, uh, ignore our bodily reality when we work. And so we just want to keep pushing on because what we want to do, we fail to rest. Or we can think of our identity as purely what our inner self thinks. That is who we are, what we think and feel no matter what our body is like. But no, the Bible says we are persons made of body and soul. We have a physical reality which we need to recognize and rejoice in, and we have an internal reality as well. So we are dust, but we are persons. But all this means that if God made us, formed us from dust, and he enlivens us, That means that you are dependent. You are dependent. Because in reality, there's two ultimate categories there's God, the creator, and then there's everything He has made, His creation. We, of course, fit into the second category. So God alone is divine, he is eternal, he is transcendent. God is the only thing that, or the only one that exists independently. He doesn't need anything else to exist, or continue on, or to sustain him, or to give him meaning. He has it in himself. But everything on the right needs God for meaning, for sustenance. For we are mortal and limited. We are dependent on him. Like a baker gives meaning to his dough as he determines whether it's bread or whether it's pizza dough or something. God gives us meaning as our maker. And so who are we? We're someone who depends on him for meaning, for guidance, for purpose. They'll learn for every breath and every bite. Now, if we're thinking about comparing the two humanities that we've been thinking through, that's quite an outrageous statement. Thinking about how we think of humanity today. You mean I don't get to look inside myself to determine who I am? You mean my feelings don't define me? You mean someone outside me dictates my identity? Again, we need to make a choice. Will we follow today's view of humanity or believe that we are part of God's story? Uh, One more thing that we're learning today. In this dependent reality, rather than it being oppressive, God says that it is good. And so you are good in this dependent reality. Uh, if you remember, as God made the world in Genesis 1, after each day of creation, God looks at it and sees, ah, oh, it is good. It is good. But once God has made humans, God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. If we depend on God for our, de- pur- uh, for our purpose and meaning, we see that together as humanity, we are. Good. We are very good. And we are good in, we are God's gift to this world. Sounds really arrogant when you say that loud, but that's how we are made. Further on in Genesis it says, God blessed them, male and female mankind, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. See the purpose here? God made humankind to fill the earth and rule over it. We'll look at this more next week in all our shortcomings in this. But we are made to rule the world, to have dominion over it. But we are to do that in dependence on God. We express our dependence by obeying this command to oversee the natural world. And so God making humankind independence on him is very good. But not only is humankind very good, because God has made us and made us dependent, that means that you are very good. As we see God as our creator, you are very good. You personally are good just as God has made you. God made you just how he wanted you. Uh, I'm going to share something about me that once you notice it, you'll never unsee it, so I apologize. (laughs) Um, As you look at me, I have a fairly large torso-to-leg ratio. It's kind of one-to-one. I don't love that about myself. I'd rather have, you know, long legs and a shorter torso. I just feel like that's that's a little bit better. However, uh, it's not better on a flight. I'll give you that. But um, I need to come to terms with this is who I am. This is how God's made me. That, you know, I you know i I could dye my hair if I wanted to. I can't change the length of my legs. This is just I just need to accept that that is God how God's made me. But if I know that God has made me and has made me good, then I have exactly the right length of legs for me. I have exactly the right torso for me. That's the body that God wanted for me. That's the body he wanted me to have. So God has made me bespoke. (laughs) He's made you bespoke. With you, your body, your personality, the place he's given you, In life and this world, He knows you, He's formed you to depend on Him. That's what He wants for you, that's what He has given you, and it is very good. So, putting it all together, what is humanity? Well, today, you are a creature, nothing more, nothing less thoroughly dependent on, our, on the loving creator. We can't determine meaning purely on our own. We need to depend on God because he is our creator. And so if God made us and we are dependent on him, how is that going to impact your life this week? Well it means we don't have to create a purpose for ourselves. We don't need to we don't need to work out what it is to be me and you. Instead, you need to fit, we need to fit into the purpose given to us as creatures. And what's our ultimate purpose? If we are creatures, we have a creator. We are to worship our creator. We are to hold God in the highest regard. Because he is the highest. We are to forever praise him because he has made us. Again, we see this in um, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Or flicking over to the end of the Bible in Revelation. We sing, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And so our lives aren't to be centred around and worship, worship ourselves, but worship God. And when we do that, that's what it means to become more like Jesus. We'll see through this series that Jesus is the human. Jesus' identity didn't come from himself. But it was the Father who gave, uh, who gave it to him him when he declared, you are my son. And Jesus lived a life completely dependent on his heavenly Father. We see that in his prayer life. We see that as he follows his Father's will. And Jesus lived a life of worship to God the Father. He did everything for his Father. He said, not as I will, but as you will. A life lived of worship is a life of Christ. It's what we are made for. But lastly, what happens if we don't believe this is who we are? A creature thoroughly dependent on our loving creator. If we believe some, believe something else about us as humankind, how will we live? Well, the reality... Is We will live as was read out in Romans 1. Remember what it said in Romans 1, the second reading? Talking about uh, humanity. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. If we have a different view of humanity... Rather than worshipping the, worshiping the creator as we're designed to do, we worship created things. Whether it be a religious idol or money or a different created thing, maybe another person or even yourself. That's kind of hard to work out what worship of a created thing, what that kind of means, what it, what it looks like. Uh, maybe it's more helpful if I put it like this, what directs you? What in your life directs you to do the things that you do or to react the way you react? What directs you in your feelings? Uh, the staff team and I were at Katoomba uh, this week on a conference called Oxygen. And it was a great week of examining our own hearts before God. And I came across this discussion between a woman and her psychologist. They're both both Christian. She was seeing this psychologist because her marriage was falling apart. She was having a really rough time. Uh, they were you know, talking, talking about it, and at some point she said, I just feel so worthless. And after a lot of listening and discuss, discussion, uh, at one point the psychologist said to her, in that feeling, I wonder if there's anything you need repenting of anything you need to repent now when i heard this in the conference i was a bit taken aback but the woman thought about it and said actually you're right i've been worshiping my husband's approval i haven't been worshiping god and trusting his approval of me i do need to repent and turn and worship god What directs your life? Is it the approval of others? Is that what you worship? Is that what directs how you feel and what you do? Is it your own expectations of yourself? Oh, I should I should get this done. Or, oh, I shouldn't have made that mistake. I should have achieved more by now. Both those two things direct my life far too much. Maybe it's a past hurt that directs you. Or maybe it's a tension from others that directs you. What directs your life? Anything other than God is a disaster. Even the atheists are starting to realize this. So David Foster Wallace, who was an atheist novelist, writes this. He says, everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of god to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you'll never have enough. Never have enough. Uh, never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure and you'll always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. Worship power, you will end up feeling weak and afraid, and you will never ever, uh, and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. He says, "Anything else you worship will worship, will eat you alive." For my brothers and sisters, you are a creature, thoroughly dependent on God. That is who you are. And so, let us worship Him, independence on Him. That will come out through your prayerfulness. If we depend on Him for all things, we'll ask God for what we need. Our thankfulness. If God has given us everything, we'll thank him for it. As you make plans, then be a creature and live for today. Not get anxious about what's tomorrow or feel the regret of the past. We're to live for today knowing that God uh, is looking after us day by day. I'll leave you with one final thought, again from uh, the Oxygen Conference. If God made us, if he is our creator, then he has authority over us. But more than that, he has relational authority over us. He gets to determine who we are. So for me and my children, I have relational authority over them. I've got to name them. But God does much more than name us. He gets to determine who we are. What do I mean by that? Well, if I write my own story... There will be times when I write, I am useless, I am nobody, I am unlovable. There'll be times where we write that. But if God, as your creator, has relational authority over you, then you need to trust what he writes, not what you write. And so a Christian song by Lauren Daigle puts it like this. She sings... You say that I am, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I'm held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh you say I am yours. And I believe, oh I believe what you say of me. Part of our worship of God, our loving creator, is to believe what he says of you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Father, we praise you as creator, as the one who made us, who gave us life, who formed us from dust. Please help us to live a life of worship to you, independence on you, for this is good. Help us to see who you say of us, help us to trust and believe you as your dependent creatures. Amen. We're going to stand and sing, uh, reflecting again of what God has done for us in the Lord Jesus. Please stand.